0: Epiphany, as I said this last week, means manifestation. We hear this each year, and we are encouraged to manifest Christ to the world. This is all meet and right, but today let's dive a little deeper into our gospel lesson and see the manifestation of Christ, but also the example of Christ for us. By the way, the English word manifest comes from the Latin manifestare, or manifestare, I don't know. I have to always ask my choir how to pronounce things. Um, And that means to make public. And this is a helpful bit of color when we think of Christ being made manifest to the world. Christ was and must be revealed and made public to the world. That's part of our job. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when He was 12 years old. They went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. Bede, the ninth century English saint who not only wrote the first real history of the English church, but who was also a voracious reader and scholar in many fields and a commentator upon Holy Scripture, notes that the Lord's coming every year to Jerusalem for the Passover with his parents is an indication of human humility. Bede notes that Jesus, born a human being among human beings, did what God, by divine inspiration through his angels, prescribed for human beings to do. He himself kept the law which he gave in order to show us who are human beings, pure and simple, that whatever God orders is to be observed in everything. Jesus kept the law during his entire sojourn here amongst his creation. As we follow Christ's life throughout the church year, we were reminded of this keeping of the law on January 1st with the Feast of the Circumcision. Jesus grew up with a faithful church family who went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. A couple of decades later... Jesus would be hailed as king as he entered that same city. At the same feast of the Passover, he would face a criminal's death and have victory over sin and death for us, vindicated after three days in the tomb by his resurrection. There are many foreshadowings in our text, and the patristic fathers uh, note so many of them. He spent three days by himself in Jerusalem at the temple. He was 12 years old. There's there's a whole myriad of connections there. Yet so obvious is Jesus that doing his Father's will shines brightly. Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my Father's business? If we are to imitate Christ then we can ask ourselves every moment of every day, am I about my Father's business? In our imitation of Christ, do we put his humility high on the list for us to imitate? In our imitation of Christ, do we remember that Jesus worshipped god appropriately according to god's law how god had instructed his people to worship him according to god's desires do we remember that jesus did that for his entire life beginning at eight days old and his circumcision he was in the temple god's house doing god's business Do we make that a priority in our lives? Manifesting Christ to the world is a high calling. Let us make sure that we are prepared for it. The primary preparation is a life of worship. When we have opportunity to meet Christ manifested to us in bread and wine, do we take that opportunity? Are we desirous to meet Christ in the sacrament, to follow his instruction and to come to church every Sunday and on the great feasts? These questions are not easy to answer truthfully if we're truthful with ourselves. Quite often, I'm sure we'd all rather just lay in bed than make it to church and partake in the sacrament. Quite often, we find other things to do, we convince ourselves that they are more important than meeting Christ in the sacrament. Jesus spent three days in the temple, in his temple, discussing the things of God with the scholars and the leaders of the day. And I'm absolutely sure that he participated in the temple worship during those three days the scholars and the leaders would have as well. Are we following his example? The threefold rule of prayer includes that Sabbath temple worship. The Holy Eucharist on Sundays is the New Testament equivalent. And it includes the morning and evening sacrifices made in that temple every day, of which the daily offices in your prayer book is the New Testament equivalent. And it includes the devotional prayer life we're called to, which one could imagine happening in any of the courts of the Old Testament. Some of those courts were as close as you were going to get to the Holy of Holies. So for the Gentiles, the Gentile court was as close as you were going to get. That's where you got to worship God. And you can imagine prayers happening in those courts because they didn't get to be closer in where the altar was. Definitely not in the Holy of Holies. Even the priests didn't go there. The high priest only once a year. And you could imagine the prayers as we know that would happen in the home and over bread and wine and all the other daily aspects of life. We see the New Testament equivalent in the image of someone coming into perhaps an empty church and then they would kneel, he or she would kneel in one of the pews and pray. We have that image in film all the time, Um, even when it's such a foreign concept to so many of Americans. It's still a historical artifact that we have in mind. And of course, this kind of prayer can happen anywhere, at work, at play, at home, with family. So are we imitating Christ in our prayer life? Are we at his Father's house as often as we can be? Are we keeping the office, even if we can't physically join with others, to keep it? Are we building our devotional prayer life brick by brick, creating better prayer habits so that we might be more faithful? The manifestation of Christ to the world, my friends, it comes only from the church that Christ left behind. And the building we call a church is actually a very important part of that manifestation. Thanks be to God that he has given us a holy space to worship him in. Allow me to read a section of the prayer we pray in our Patronal Feast Liturgy at the door of the church during the procession around the church as we chant the litany of the church. O God, our Heavenly Father, Make the door of our parish church, St. Andrews, wide enough to receive all who need love and fellowship and a father's care. And narrow enough to shut out all envy, pride, and uncharitableness. O Heavenly Father, make the door of our St. Andrews church a gateway to thy eternal kingdom. May all that we do be to thy honor and glory, the upbuilding of our parish and the extension of thy kingdom. And so we are from this building, literally, to be a manifestation of Christ to the world. Yes, it is true that the churches has existed in many places for many decades and centuries without buildings. But when they existed such, they would have temporary shelters for the worship of the church. In the early church, we know that they met in houses. But as soon as the coast was clear, as soon as it seemed as if persecution had lightened a little, they built buildings for the worship of God. Holy space. Space consecrated to God with things, altars and uh, lecterns and pulpits and color, and and plate, and chalices. They built them all to be consecrated to the service of God. So no, I'm not saying that the building itself is the church. The people make up the church, but the building itself is an important manifestation of Christ into the world. When people drive by, they see the building, and they're reminded When they drive by on a Sunday and they see all the cars, oh, why would everyone be gathering at this building? It's a witness, it's a manifestation. And it's in some sense, as God has given us a place, and as the Old Testament had the the place of the temple, so we are to manifest Christ from this place and bring others to Christ, to the manifestation of Christ, in, for instance, the Holy Eucharist, This building is an important reality. This building is an important place in the work of us, our local church. And it's similar to that physical place called the temple in which Jesus spent three days as our gospel reports. We are called to make manifest the humanity and the divinity of the man called Jesus, who was and is the Messiah or the anointed one of God. Let us prepare ourselves each day, each Sunday, and throughout the great feasts of the church year to be like Christ so that we can manifest Christ to our neighbors, to our community to our state, our country. Allow me to close with a quote from St. Bede. He says, If we take delight in looking upon the glory of his divinity, if we want to dwell in his eternal home in heaven all the days of our lives, it delights us to see the Lord's will and to be shielded by his holy temple. And lest we be forever buffeted by the wind of wickedness, let us remember to frequent the house, the church of the present time, with the requisite offerings of pure petitions. Amen.